This episode of 1801 Live was originally recorded during a 12-hour podcast-a-thon streamed live on August 28th from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. The Give Black Podcast-a-thon benefited U of SC's One Creed, One Carolina campaign, which supports initiatives that elevate and encourage black students, faculty, and staff. Together, our five hosts and over 20 guests helped raise more than $10,000 for the campaign over 12 hours. Find more information on the podcast-a-thon and the link to donate at www.garnetmedia.org slash giveblack. Afternoon, I guess now. Good afternoon. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Been a busy day. It's been, been a, yes, and full day. A what? day full of. I feel like I have had one of the best. I've had the best history lesson in my whole life today. So I know we, I go to class day in day out, and this has been a class for me. One of the probably most important ones that I've had. <laughs> Good, good. Learning is always a good thing. I know that uh, Provost Tate is planning to join us a little bit later, but it's his birthday, so I know he has a lot of things on his schedule. But we can go ahead and talk um, with you right now. I know that um, Lauren and you are very, very close friends, and so thankful to Lauren for uh, putting us in contact. But if you could just introduce yourself and then uh, we have many topics that we'd like to discuss with you in your time at USC. Sure. I'm Chesley Christ. I'm a USC grad 2013. Um, I was an attorney, practiced for a couple of years, and then became Miss USA. So I'm currently reigning. Amazing. And so first, going back to talk about your time at USC. And so I know that was just a brief introduction, but really a trailblazer even through college, track and field, Darla Moore, Honors College. And so you can talk about your experience as a student um, here at the university. Yeah, I, I loved South Carolina. My experience there was incredible. Um, like you said, I loved running on the track and field team there. Um, I was in the Honors College. And so I think that program offered me the opportunity to have closer relationships with some of my classmates because our class sizes were a lot smaller in the honors college specific classes. So that was incredible. Um, when I was there my freshman year, I lived in the honors college dorm. And it, I think it was the first year that the honors college had actually opened. And so everybody was so excited, like you're the first person to live in this room. And like our dining hall was incredible. Um, while I was still at South Carolina, the athletic department opened up the Doty. And so we had really great facilities there. Clearly I'm big on having good facilities. <laughs> Um, but, but, you know, my experience was incredible and I, I loved being, being a Gamecock. It was really cool. Yes. So just walk us through a day in the life of, uh, Chesley Chris as a student, because track and field was in there too. So I'm just trying to figure out how you managed to balance all of this. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, you know, me as a senior was very different for me as a freshman, um, because my junior and senior years were, were really, really busy. Um, but my uh, my final year there, you know, I'd wake up early in the morning, six o'clock, um, sometimes a little earlier than that. And at times I'd have to do a workout in the morning um, because some of my classes ended up running 
um, during some of my track and field practices in the afternoon. So I'd have to practice in the morning with a coach by myself. Um, and then I'd go to class. I was a part of a number of different organizations. Carolina Service Council was one of them. And so after class, I'd, you know, do some work for the organization, maybe have some meetings. Um, there were a couple of other things I did on campus, like some fashion shows. And so that was usually one of those extracurricular activities I'd have to do after school too. Um, and then like second semester, my senior year, I was working more frequently as a runner for a law firm in Columbia. So that was a part of my day. My day was just a motley mess of just stuff. Um, and so I can't, it's hard to sort of run through and remember exactly how days went, but it was generally like a workout at some point, class at some point, organizations at some point, and also work. Right. It seems like you're on the same schedule or you might be used to, I feel like many people now are in shambles, are still trying to figure out a new schedule every day because of the current situation with COVID-19, but you seem like a pro to this to where because you're so involved and you had so much on your plate, it's something new every day or the schedule might change a little bit throughout the day and you would just have to be very flexible. But can you talk a little bit about, um, specifically for students, how you balance or even how you uh, maintain um, your mental health throughout all of that? Because that is a lot on your plate, especially as a college student at the time. Yeah, for sure. And I think that while I was in college, I didn't do, I didn't like maintain my own mental health as well as I do now. Um, because when I was in college, like, you know, I think there was still this, and, and to some extent, even today, there's still, there's still this taboo around, you know, therapy and mental health and people didn't talk about it very often. And I think, you know, now seven years later, you know, things are a little different. So it's good on that end. Uh, nowadays, you know, I, I try to just keep a, a check of how I'm doing. Um, if I'm feeling overwhelmed, I try to check like, did you get enough sleep last night? Have you had like something to eat today, like an actual good meal and not just, you know, snacks and sugar. Um, I also try to just, you know, measure if I'm feeling overwhelmed uh, or if, you know, there's so much going on and I just need just a chance to sit. Uh, and so I'll do that. Uh, I had a therapist who I worked with um, before I became Miss USA and moved away from North Carolina. Though I think she does virtual appointments now. I got to call her and, and check. Um, but, you know, I think it's a matter of just making sure, you know, checking on your own self throughout the day and making sure like, hey, are you feeling overwhelmed? Do you need to do something about that? Do you need to sit down for a second, turn off your phone and, you know, just enjoy being you? I think that's helped. Well, I just wanted to um, get, so I know that we got a little picture about you and how you um, were as a student, how your experiences were as a student, but if you could talk about just the um, transition into becoming an attorney. So I know a lot of times when people hear your name now, it's Miss USA and um, track and field star, but also you knowing that you wanted to become attorney and going through law school and going that route. How was that for you? And when did you decide that that was what you want, would like to do? Uh, I, I knew in, uh, by the time I was in high school that I was going to go to law school, which is part of why I decided to go to South Carolina. I wanted to go somewhere in state uh, because I knew I was going to get in-state tuition. You know, we had the South Carolina lottery, so I knew that was going to help to an extent. I think I got like five grand for whatever level of, you know, lottery scholarships that you get. And, uh, and so that's why, that's one of the reasons why I chose South Carolina is like, I know I'm going to go to law school after this. I need an affordable option that still offers a high level of education. And that's exactly what South Carolina did, especially with the Honors College program. 
Um, so while I was in um, undergrad, my stepdad was actually an attorney. And so I asked him like, you know, is there a specific major that I should choose that would be good for law school? And he was just like, no, have fun. <laughs> because I think so many people like choose pre-law or choose political science or, um, you know, choose majors because they think that it's going to be helpful in law school. And they're just like, no, just choose something where, you know, you'll, you'll work on your writing and your, you know, reading skills and uh, you'll be able to have fun and get good grades. And so, you know, I chose business. Um, after I graduated from South Carolina, I went to um, law school and business school at Wake Forest, um, did, you know, my program there, graduated, and then became an attorney. Now I, you know, got to represent people. Muted. <laughs> so, so first off, hey, it's so hey. good. To see you. <laughs> good to see you. Doing well. Um, but wanted to hear from you more about, you know, maybe it's just because this is the one Creed, one Carolina um, fund raising money for Black programming at USC. Um, wanted you to speak to maybe the importance and the significance of not just you, but um, Kaylee and Zosie, and I hope I said her name right, but all the women who are now Black reigning queens in a moment where we're honestly, as a country, having a truly existential crisis with racial injustices. But, you know, what has it been like being literally queen of the country um, during times like these? Uh, you, you know, I think it's, it's uh, there's a silver lining in everything. I think the silver lining here is that, you know, being Miss USA in this time gives me a, a broad platform to speak about these issues. Uh, because when I was in law school, you know, I was a member of the Black Law Students Association at my law school and on the regional and national levels. And so, of course, you know, we were talking to each other about these very issues. We were talking about Black Lives Matter. We were, you know, doing protests on campus. We were, you know, holding panels so that we could spread the word. But now as Miss USA, you know, I'm posting on either the Miss USA account that has 600,000 followers or on, you know, a Facebook page that has over a million followers and people are actually getting to listen. And there are news organizations that want to hear more from me. And so I think that is the silver lining in what's happening is that, you know, being a black woman in this time and being Miss USA gives me a chance to use what the platform that I have. And I think we see, we've seen that more and more um, among public figures, among athletes and celebrities, like, you know, this week having the NBA, the WNBA and many other professional sports teams um, boycott or strike some of their games using their platforms for good. I mean, I think that's incredible and it's important for people to do. So I'm, I'm excited that I've gotten to do that. Although it is sad and unfortunate that we're still fighting these same battles that we've been fighting, you know, in this country for decades, for centuries. I think we have to stop to introduce the birthday man of the day. So happy <laughs> birthday first, Provost Tate. Thank you. Sorry about that, but that was uh, <clears throat> that was a journey to get here. But I was fighting to make it. Thank you. <laughs> you made it. You made it. And we were just talking about Kelly's uh, experience as a student, a student athlete, also involved in uh, the Honors College in Darlemore, and then um, her going to being a, becoming an attorney. But to loop you into the conversation, I know that you were once a coach. Of women's basketball team. So, if you want to uh, talk about your experiences through that and how you transition into your other positions and now currently as provost. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I, I never uh, thought. I always knew I was going to be a professor. 
I didn't know what area. Um, in undergrad, I decided I wanted to be a professor. I thought it was a pretty sweet gig. And um, they got to do research, work with students, campus life. People seem to look younger. So um, I um, was going to uh, take a job for a year, gap year kind of thing, and um, had a job at a financial investment firm and or a big tele telecom firm. And it fell through because of uh, uh, they had a hiring freeze. And so my father told me, you can't just sit around the house, you need to get a job. So he said, I thought you know a little something about calculus. I said, I do. I applied for a job in the school district and they found out I played sports. And so they um, asked me to be a coach. And so I thought I was gonna coach men and I ended up coaching women's basketball and track. It was totally different world. You heard me tell the story. So I, I was used to just throwing the ball out there or just saying, hey, we're going to do fence lines or this is how we're going to train. And it, that was just how I was trained. And I realized I had to be in relationship with people to actually effectively get them to be the best that they could be. And that was the best experience I ever had. Uh, I owe those uh, young women a great deal of, um, a great deal for my, for my administrative career because I realized it's just not about telling people what to do. Rules without relationship leads to rebellion. And um, so you need to be in relationship with people. And in that context, you're able to be successful as a leader. Yes, 100%. And then I just wanted to follow back because this is now your second time on the uh, podcast. And uh, just to now have a follow up of you've had a few months with the university, but how has your time been so far and um, how have you spent your time in your new position as the provost? Well, uh, this is a unusual time. Uh, I'm glad I'm an epidemiologist. Um, being a provost during the middle of a pandemic um, requires a lot of understanding of biomedical diseases, right? So um, it's been very unusual uh, last seven weeks on campus and then before that on teams meetings, getting ready for the start of the semester. Uh, I, I'd say you spend most of your time planning, uh, Hannah, and making sure that people are safe, first of all, and then trying to execute the beginning of the semester so that uh, students have a good learning experience um, in classrooms. And as you know, we're doing three modalities, basically face-to-face, -face, the hybrid, and then asynchronous just so it's just a lot going on to make sure all that happens uh, in a place with 34,000 students. Um, it's never ending to be quite frank. Yeah. yeah. And then, well, oh, sorry, Diana. You can go. So y'all have obviously both had, you know, significance with college athletics um, and wanted to maybe talk to y'all about like, what is the significance of being a college athlete, particularly um, on a campus um, where you are seen as, you know, like, oh, superstars, <laughs> and yeah, obviously as, uh, you know, superstars here with um, Jesley, but, you know, what, is, what does it feel like and look like, and what's the significance of that, and being a college leader, even on campus for our college student-athletes now? Um, I'll go first. Uh, so I think that it's important because, you know, you realize that there are eyes on you, and so you feel um, a higher level of responsibility to, you know, do the right thing at, at different points in time. You know, you wouldn't want your coach to hear that you're acting up in class or um, that you're not behaving well on or off campus. Um, although, you know, as a track and field athlete, I think things are a little bit different in that, you know, I think the real superstars on campus were probably like the football teams or, you know, the basketball teams. And, and I think uh, we as, as track and field athletes 
um, didn't have the same level of visibility, except for, you know, like, you know, our gold medalists and our, our national champions. And so I think it was different in that sense, but you still had, even with your professors who knew that you're traveling, you have to give them like these little letters at the beginning of the semester to let them know like, hey, I'm a track and field athlete, I'm gonna miss some of your classes. So you, your professors know for sure and your friends and family do as well. And so I think for us, there still was that, that, higher, that feeling of a higher level of responsibility, even though we didn't have the same visibility as other teams. Now, I, I, I will speak to it from in my last position, I was a faculty rep to athletics probably for the last decade. And the one thing I want to say, and I don't think people really fully appreciate uh, what it means to be a student athlete, it, it, is a, it is a tremendously difficult road negotiating, you know, the physical demands of a sport and then the mental demands of a classroom. And, have, and, and if you aspire to have any bit of a social life, I just think it's, um, I just have a tremendous amount of respect for people who negotiate that and, and especially those who do it uh, very well. Um, in terms of the academic part. Um, sport is relative. So, you know, you could be good. At, I mean, as she articulated, you might be a gold medal standard person, but maybe you're fighting to be third in the conference or, you know, to, to make the conference finals in whatever event you're in. You know, we tend, in America, if you get a bronze medal, they tell you to put it in your pocket. But in my mind, a person who is just working that hard and also doing their work, they're, they're like people to admire. I think it's really, it's really a tough thing to do. And um, I have tremendous respect for student athletes on our campuses today. It's, it's not easy. And Provost Tate, you mentioned that your career was made possible by programs like the One Create One Carolina campaign, but can you speak a little bit to that and your personal story of um, how that is to be? Sure. So, um, you know, an undergrad, uh, I actually um, worked with a scholarship program. They actually, um, because I remember my calculus, I was a math and econ person. So they, the scholarship program hired me to work with other students. That basically afforded my ability to get an off-campus apartment and have a pretty, a pretty good life as an undergrad. And then in a master's program, I had a scholarship from Arco Corporation um, really made a big difference. And then as a PhD student, um, I was a Patricia Roberts Harris fellow. And I don't know if you know who Patricia Roberts Harris is. She was a Delta and um, she worked, uh, she was president, she was actually dean of the Howard Law School. Um, she worked in administ uh, Carter administration and uh, was a really uh, a trailblazing black woman. And my fellowship was named after her. And um, it was a, a federal program at the time, um, eliminated during the Reagan administration or right after, but it was a hugely important part of my life. And then I was a postdoc at the University of Wisconsin in an Anna Julia Cooper fellowship. And Anna Julia Cooper, of course, is one of the premier black women in the history of this country. And so those programs um, basically took me from undergrad all the way to a PhD and then to a postdoc, which then led me to a faculty position at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. So it changed my life. And um, subsequently as grad dean, we had programs called the Chancellor's Fellowship Program at Washington University that we distributed to African-American students so that they could live the dream. And as I say, try to be like, you know, follow the Bill Tate deal. And um, I think that's just, I just think these programs are really important and, and uh, uh, make a big difference in uh, folks' lives, largely, in part, not just financially, because often they come with community and that community helps 
uh, you know, you realize your dreams. Thank you. So um, earlier today, um, we had on Megan Pinckney, who was Miss South Carolina Chesley, and she talked about how her role really kind of launched her into what she does now, which is lots of influencing and marketing. Um, so I wanted you to maybe get into what you plan to do after your reign as queen and how your reign as queen has prepared you and equipped you to do so much more awesome stuff in our country. <laughs> well, I'm glad you talked to her. I think she's, you know, one of the prime examples of using the platform that the Miss Universe organization gives you to launch into new opportunities. And so, you know, being Miss USA, I was able to, you know, meet with uh, some producers at Extra, uh, Extra TV, it's an entertainment news show, and uh, they offered me uh, the opportunity to work as a special correspondent. And so I did a few interviews. I did like an interview with like Zendaya, with Lizzo, uh, with Millie Bobby Brown. And then I did an interview with Terrence Howard. And Terrence, while we were talking, um, ended up uh, saying for the first time ever, I think, um, to a news channel that he was going to quit acting after the final episode of, uh, of Empire, after the finale. And so we, we broke the news and, you know, we ended up following up with Extra again and they brought me on um, as a correspondent for a year and uh, just announced yesterday that right after I finished being Miss USA, I'll, I'll be full time with Extra as, as a correspondent here in New York City. So I think, you know, that opportunity opening up speaks to um, the opportunities that being Miss USA, that, that being a title holder within the Miss Universe organization offers you. And, and I'm just really glad. I'm so excited. <laughs> Absolutely. And congratulations. That is super excited. I'm glad to see more of you in the years to come. Thank you. I know that Dr. Tay already showed his sentiments of why programs like the One Create One Carolina or the One Create One Carolina campaign, the programs that it helps and benefits specifically for Black students at the um, university, um, how that is really near and dear to his heart. But I wanted to hear your thoughts of kind of touching every aspect on campus as a student once when you were here, um, how these programs are beneficial to students now and why we should uplift programs like such. Oh, wait, so, so which programs? So for the One Creed, One Carolina campaign, um, it's a campaign that uplifts a variety of different programs that help black students. And so I know that you are an athlete, you're also in Darla Moore, the Diversity and Inclusion and Equity Commission of Darla Moore School of Business is one of the programs that it uplifts well as the Honors College, and that is also another program. And so you're touching every aspect of campus and having these programs uplift other Black students that are now here and even Black members in the community, um, and especially during this time, the importance of it and how it really can um, really make, make or break um, an individual, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, yeah, I think this is the, those kinds of programs are, um, are incredibly important. And, uh, you know, I think that we need to make sure that we're helping underrepresented populations, including the students at University of South Carolina who are members of underrepresented groups. Um, and I say that, you know, on the heels of talking with the Presidential Commission on University History about removing the um, name Strom Thurmond from the Wellness and Fitness Center. And I think that is one of the measures that the university could and should take to ensure that underrepresented groups on campus feel supported, right? Rather than you know, throwing money at us or building programs, I think we really need to put our money where our mouth is and start actively 
doing more things on campus that are visible so that underrepresented groups um, feel welcome and feel included. You know, I think it, while we were talking with them, there were many people who shared their experiences and shared how um, uncomfortable it is to walk into that building knowing that Strom Thurmond wouldn't have wanted them there. Uh, so, so yes, I think these, these programs are, are really, really important and I hope they continue to expand so that we see a more colorful group of people and a more inclusive environment on campus at South Carolina. Absolutely. And before I let you all go, I know we only have a few minutes left, but I think a crucial question to ask on this important day, um, a lot of things are happening, but Provost Tate, uh, what do you plan to do for your birthday? I know you had um, a lot of meetings earlier and you came on here, but uh, just wondering what, what are your birthday plans? <laughs> so um, I'm gonna say my birthday plans are to celebrate a couple numbers I just wanna share with you in light of what this podcast is about. And uh, it's really about what I'm about. So I'm pumped. Um, I just got the numbers from enrollment about this year's first year class is up 10% on African Americans from last year. And when you look at since 2016, um, it's up 84% in terms of African American students on this campus. Graduate enrollment for African Americans uh, this year is really almost at a near record high. And we haven't got started yet. So, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to celebrate uh, where we are and where we're headed. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do. I think my staff has a cake for me. So uh, I'm going to have some cake. And then somebody else told me there, there's a surprise for me somewhere, but they wanted to make sure I was in the building. So I was like, that's not a surprise. But <laughs> they said I might disappear or something. I, don't, I was like, OK, whatever. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, my family's still in St. Louis right now. So they're, you know, I have to FaceTime with them. So. The, the reality is um, I, I'm going to have a pretty laid back birthday and maybe play golf over the weekend. How about that? Ah, that, that is amazing. And I mean, hey, birthday kind of surprises, cakes, but then also numbers. That is a great way to spend uh, Friday afternoon, especially your birthday. And then I hope you do get a chance to play golf. But for both, um, Chesley, thank you so much, and Provost Tate for coming on, sharing your experiences and sharing why the One Create One Carolina campaign and campaigns like such are so important to amplify, especially during this time for our community. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you your leadership. Yeah. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm.